the Holy Gospel according to St. John in the 17th chapter. Jesus prayed, Holy Father, keep them in your name which you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. While I was with them, I kept them in your name which you have given me. I have guarded them, and not one of them has been lost except the son of destruction, that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I am coming to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself, that they also may be sanctified in truth. This is the gospel of the Lord. So, how many of you spent Thursday uh, celebrating the Ascension? Yeah, okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. okay. It's not like a big deal on our calendars. You know, it has a little space on, on my calendar because I get it from Thrivent Lutheran, so it's, good. it's got religious stuff on it, you know. So, it says the Ascension, you know, and uh, it's on there. Yeah, another sidelight about that uh, sunset service that we did that was really cool, because I know God had his hand in this. Uh, this was in Minnesota, and it was one of the worst seasons of the year that, or seasons that we had ever had for gnats. I mean, the gnats were driving us crazy. You, you could not get them away. They were like 10 times as many as normal. The day before, and we didn't even know if we'd be able to do the service outside. The day before that service, the gnats disappeared. They were just gone. I said, well, thank the Lord. You know, so we set up outside. Uh, weather was good. And, and when we got to that message of the sunset part of the service, uh, I had everybody look to the west. And the sun was about three-fourths of the sun was sitting on the horizon. It's kind of orangey looking and stuff. And over there, there was this little church. It was the Norwegian Lutheran Church. Okay? I had the German Lutheran Church. The Swedish Lutheran Church was the other way. <laughs> this was the Norwegian Lutheran Church. And the steeple of that church was sticking up right in the middle of the sun. And, and there was a gasp when we turned that way. I mean, nobody could say, I couldn't even say anything when we saw that. You know, it was like God's timing is perfect. You know, and it, was, it really made the point uh, when that steeple with a cross on it was sticking up in the sun. It was real. After the service, they said, how'd you do that? I said, well, <laughs> oh, no. Wasn't me. Wasn't me. Uh, but it was really cool. Well, here, you know, we were looking at that. Well, the disciples on Ascension found themselves looking up into heaven, you know, staring up there and wondering what was going on. Well, this lesson that we read from... From John in chapter 17, Jesus, it's called Jesus' Prayer for the Church. And it's kind of a tedious read. <laughs> it's kind of hard to figure out all the parenthetical expressions in there and to figure out what he's really talking about. But at the beginning of that chapter, there are five chapters in John, chapters 13 through 17, where Jesus is in the upper room with the disciples, 
and, and teaching them things and talking about things that are going to happen and stuff. So there's five, John devotes five chapters out of a 20-chapter book to that night. And at the end of that is this prayer. And at the beginning of chapter 17, which we didn't read that part, but it says that Jesus looked up and prayed. And so now we find Jesus looking up and he's praying to his Father. And when he prayed, he started out by saying, saying, you know, Father, he said, I came, I did what you asked me to do when I came down here, and now you're about ready to glorify me. And I think that's a reference to the resurrection, which is coming up in a couple of days. That you're going to glorify me, but this is all to your glory. And so then he prays for the disciples. And the first thing that he says is, I have told them everything that you told me. Everything you wanted me to reveal to them, I've revealed it to them so that they have everything they need to do what we are about to ask them to do when the time comes. And so he prays for that uh, and mentions that first. But then in verse 13, he prays that their joy will be full. Knowing what Christ has done for them, knowing that his death and resurrection was for him, then he wants them to be filled with joy because of the confidence they have that one day they're going to be with him forever and that nothing that ever happens here, nothing that can happen here is, is going to take that away. And so he wants their joy to be full. And then in verse 17, he asks God, uh, asks his father to sanctify them. Sanctify is a word that means the process of becoming holy. That's what it is. Emphasis on it's a process that won't be complete until we're there. That's when the process will be complete. But until then, it's a process that's going to have ups and downs of being made holy, of being made more Christ-like. But he's asking his Father to sanctify the disciples, to make them more like him because he's sending them out into the world. And he wants them to be more like him as a witness. But then, the next thing he prays for is for their protection. In fact, he mentions that three times in this prayer. That God would protect them. Because as long as Jesus was there with them, they kind of had protection. Because Jesus was the front man. So Jesus was the one that took the ridicule. He was the one that countered their, their complaints against him and their charges against him. So the disciples were kind of insulated because Jesus was there. But Jesus said, I'm not going to be here. So, Father, protect them because they're going to be facing a lot of danger. Well, you know there was. Every one of them except for one died because of their faith. They suffered hardships. The Christians were being persecuted and, and beaten and imprisoned and all kinds of other things in those days. And uh, he knew that was coming, so he asked for their protection. But the third time he asked for their protection, in verse 15, he says, protect them from the evil one. He says, give them unity, give them oneness, and protect them from the evil one. Because he knew that the biggest danger was not the suffering they would endure, was not the fact that Jesus knew they were going to lose their lives for the faith. The biggest danger was losing the faith. And the temptation would be there. Think about it. 
when, when a person is faced with persecution or faced with their death, the temptation is going to be there to deny the faith so you can save your life. It's just automatic. So he asked God to protect them from the evil one because the world they went out into was a dangerous place. Physical danger, danger from the evil one. And nothing's changed, has it? Has it? There is still clear and present danger in this world for Christians. You see it, you don't see it so much here. You see it lots of other places in the world. Because Christians, churches are being burned. Christians are are persecuted and, and ostracized. And they're being killed, they're being beheaded, simply because they're Christians. That still goes on in the world. And in this country, I believe one day, if the world is here long enough, that's going to happen here. It's already started. People, you know, society is trying to push God out of the the public place, out of public life, as much as they can. And they're having some success in doing that. That's a type of persecution. And... I believe that it's going to get worse. And more and more there will be things that are not favorable to Christianity in this country. And somewhere down the road it could get to the point where if Christians become enough of a minority that that there will be persecution. And in fact Jesus even said it when he's talking about the end times. He said it's going to get so bad that if God didn't step in and stop it that there would not be one faithful person left. So Jesus' real prayer is not to be protected from beheadings and persecution and ridicule or whatever kinds of prejudice there is against Christians. It's protection from the evil one. Because the danger of of giving in to uh, societal pressure and losing faith is real. And a lot of people give in to it rather than be faithful. And that's what he prays protection for. And so today, that's Jesus' prayer. That prayer that in John 17 that he prays is for you. It's for all of us. It's a prayer that, that, we, that God protect us, that we be protected primarily from the evil one and be protected from that so that we can have unity, so that we can be one, so that we can be all together and all on the same page in terms of our commitment to Christ and our faithful service and and the mission that we have, that we are united in the mission that Christ gave to us. And that prayer is that you be filled with joy. Joy doesn't mean giddy happiness and bubbliness all the time, okay? Joy means the confidence of knowing that no matter what happens in this life and what happens here, that you got a place where you're going to be and it's going to be good forever. That's what joy is. And he prays, he prays for our sanctification, for that process of us becoming more like him, of us progressing toward holiness, which, as I said, won't happen until we get there, but it's the process of becoming more Christ-like so that when somebody looks at you, what do they see? They see the face of Christ in some way. 
They see as you reach out to people and as you live your life um, that they can tell there's something different about you. And sanctification that he prays for is the process of becoming more and more like that as we go through our lives. Because Jesus said, Father, as you have sent me, I have sent them. Let me ask you a question. Where do you live? Do you live in the church? None of us lives here. We live out there. Right? We live out there. You know, it's easy for us to gather here for worship, and, and it's easy for us to have a, a common sense of mission. It's easy for us to have some joy in the fellowship that we have here and to have a sense of unity here, although Satan tries to mess that up too. But, it, you know, it's easy for us to do that when we're in here. But what matters to Jesus is what happens when we get out there. And so you live in different places, you work in different places, you go to different schools. You know, we all have different lives out there. And what does Christ want? He wants us to be the face of Christ out there. And he wants us to become increasingly more like Christ so people can see it more when they look at us. That's what sanctification is. And that's what Jesus is praying for. So that we can be used to bring glory to his name and glory to God as we go out there and do the things that he has sent us here to do. If we had a relationship with Jesus Christ only for our salvation, then the logical thing for Christ to do would be to take us out of this world as soon as we became Christians so that there was no danger of falling. But no, and he even says it in this lesson, and he says, I'm going, but I'm not taking them out of the world. I'm leaving them here. And he sends us out because we have a mission and a job to do, and it's to be the face of Christ. And here's just a final little word of encouragement. It comes from uh, Romans 8.34 where Paul says, Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Jesus didn't pray this prayer for the church in John 17 just one time. When he ascended, he is sitting at the right hand of God. He's there. And he is continuously praying for you. He's praying, Father, protect them. Father, make them one like we are. Father, give them joy. Father, sanctify them as I send them out into the world. And to know that Jesus is thinking about you and sitting at his Father's right hand and praying for you should be a real comfort to us and a real confidence builder as we try to reach out beyond these walls into our community. We're going to sing a song right now that uh, it's called Abba Father. And uh, it is, uh, and Amelia is going to come up and, and help with this. Uh, you know, this is a song, 
It's, it's us praying. All right? We're the ones that are praying. And I'm going to ask you to remain seated for this song because uh, even though we're not actually kneeling in God's presence, at least being seated, we can imagine that we are at the throne of God and that we're kneeling at his feet, praying this prayer. But at the same time that we're doing that, I want you to picture this. I want you to picture Jesus kneeling right alongside you and praying for you as you pray to God. Bye. 